This is a Catholic Concern for Animals podcast, number eight of the From the Ark series, from issue 252, summer 2022. Is making non-human animals suffer our worst addiction? An essay in two parts. Part two, why is factory farming wrong? Written by John Berkman and read by Dr. Gerald Taylor. In part one, I sought to explain what factory farming is, when it originated in America, and how it inflicts wanton suffering on untold numbers of animals, a suffering that is by no means necessary for Americans to eat meat. Sadly, America's history is sullied by man's seemingly boundless inhumanity to man, especially during the Industrial Revolution. We think of the robber barons who exploited workers by paying them a pittance for working incredibly long hours in extraordinarily dangerous conditions. We think of America's sad legacy of child labour. We think of the scourge of slavery. It is ironic that just as America entered a period in which it ended the worst of those abuses of other human beings, it established a new institution – that began to exploit non-human animals in ways and on a scale that no one could have imagined. Turning to the Catholic moral tradition, there are a number of ways in which one can criticise the practice of factory farming. In the last 50 years, the Catholic tradition has begun to develop the notion of social sin, and factory farming fits the notion. However, Since I wish to focus not on the wrong done by those who engage in factory farming, but on the wrongfulness of one's buying and or eating factory farmed meat, dairy and eggs, I will draw on what the tradition calls cooperation with wrongdoing. I will proceed by first defining cooperation with wrongdoing and then exploring cooperation with wrongdoing and animal cruelty. What is cooperation with wrongdoing? The idea of cooperation with wrongdoing is simple enough when we think about a variety of crimes. Procuring a gun for someone who plans to commit a murder is a form of cooperation with wrongdoing. Buying stolen goods from someone or laundering stolen money are forms of cooperation with wrongdoing as is knowingly investing in companies whose purpose is to engage in those kinds of activities. However, a simple definition of cooperation with wrongdoing is when a person intentionally or causally assists another person in unjust or wicked activities. A key distinction in the Catholic tradition when speaking of cooperation with wrongdoing is between formal and material cooperation. Formal cooperation is where one shares the object of the wrongdoer's activity. This is typically understood to be someone who advises or counsels the person principally engaged in the wrongdoing, aids them by helping them escape justice, and or launders the proceeds of their criminality. So the person who invests in a startup company that will run a series of internet scams is informally cooperating in wrongdoing. So is the person who knowingly fences stolen paintings or buys goods made by exploited child labour. 
On the other hand, material cooperation is where a person clearly has other intentions in their actions, when they assist others in wrongdoing. Examples of this include a pharmacist who dispenses medicine that someone else, unbeknownst to the pharmacist, uses to poison another person, or a UPS delivery person who unwittingly delivers a package that is booby-trapped to kill the recipient. While they causally assisted someone in wrongdoing, they typically did not intend to do so. In these cases of material cooperation with wrongdoing, the actors are engaged in good and legitimate activities, and the bad effects that flow from their activities are clearly outside of their intentions. In more typical examples of material cooperation, the cooperator is well aware of the way the wrongdoer can be or is using the cooperator's otherwise good actions to facilitate wrongdoing. In such cases, the person doing an otherwise good action may treat the wrongdoer's activities as an unwanted bad side effect. Moreover, in addition to not intending the wrong action, if cooperation is to be considered material, we have to weigh the good against the potential bad. So, a delivery person might know that he or she could potentially and unknowingly deliver a deadly package, despite all precautions, and still see that the good of delivering mail in general outweighs the possible harms that could be done. So now we come to the question of cooperating with cruelty towards animals, whether it involves participating in dogfighting or in factory farming. Let us begin with those who set up and run a dogfighting operation. There are people who provide the seed funding to begin the operation, find, buy or steal the dogs, including dogs that are used to bait in the training of the fighting dogs. Train them to maim and kill other dogs, and in various other ways, mistreat them. For example, starve them or socially isolate them to make them more vicious. These people are all engaged in a practice that our society has defined, both socially and legally, as wrongdoing. Then there are those people who aid and abet the operation by bringing dog food, by selling the operator's grandstand equipment and seats, by running the food concessions at the dogfights, by advertising the fights through word of mouth and other underground means, and so on. Such people are likely to be formally cooperating with the operation, though in some cases, through lack of knowledge or understanding, or even by duress, may be only materially cooperating with the dogfight. Then there are those who attend the dogfights. Presumably attendees purchase tickets and or place bets with the house, Thus, attendees typically financially support the operation, even if they don't have to pay for a ticket or bet on the matches. They are there to witness the, this blood sport. Presumably, the audience sees nothing wrong with what they are witnessing, or else many of them would not be there. However, that does not justify their participation and support of it. While one could say that the audience is only taking in entertainment, or attending a sporting event, those are simply not adequate descriptions of what is going on. We cannot simply choose a morally neutral way of interpreting these actions, but have to take into consideration what is actually happening. The descriptor must match reality. 
and one of the morally significant true descriptors of what spectators at dogfights are engaged in is morally and financially supporting the institutionalised practice of animal cruelty and torture. This description is much more truthful than they are just taking in entertainment, because there are no credible mitigating or justifying factors for their support of this blood sport. To say, we all need some entertainment or relaxation, or this is a good opportunity to spend time with my friends, does not change the fact that attending these dogfights hardly makes sense unless one approves of them. The cruelty to these dogs is not an incidental side effect of dogfighting, it is inherent to the sport of dogfighting as it is practised. In short form, a similar argument applies to eating pig meat, 95% of which is produced by factory farms. A bureaucratic and institutionalised structure that again gives no significance to the welfare or well-being of the animals apart from what maximises the corporation's profit. Assuming that this cruelty to the pigs is inherent to the production of factory farm pig meat, what I have called cruelty meat, does purchasing and eating pig flesh fall under the category of formal cooperation with wrongdoing? For it to be material cooperation, the cruelty would have to be an unfortunate side effect that was not essential to the production of the meat as it is produced today in America. However, in North American factory farming, cruelty is not a mere evil side effect or byproduct to some legitimate good of eating pig meat. The cruelty is as an essential and necessary part of the logic of factory farming as is the cruelty to dogs in contemporary dogfighting. For in factory farming, the welfare of the animals is of no accord. It is entirely a matter of raising the animals in a way that maximises profits. Any care or consideration given to the animals in the logic of factory farming is ordered to future maximisation of profit. A proper description of factory farming understands cruelty as an essential element, and thus meat that one knows is from such a source, is improperly referred to merely as meat, but is properly and truthfully described as cruelty meat. Thus, if I were to eat North American factory farm bacon or ribs, I would consent to the cruelty that is inherent in the production of that bacon and ribs. It is analogous to buying stolen property, even if I intend only good and upright uses of a bicycle or a flat-screen television, if I know, or have very good reason to believe, it is stolen property, then I am formally cooperating with wrongdoing. I consent, or even contribute, to the wrong, both the wrong done in the victim of the theft and the wrong of supporting and sustaining the thief in his business. So it is with factory farm bacon or ribs. I consent and perhaps contribute to the wrong done to the victims of the cruelty, and I support and sustain the wrong done by the factory farm industry. Hence, I formally cooperate in the cruelty to pigs when I buy and or eat the bacon or ribs. This is especially true since there is no need to eat cruelty pig meat, 
Millions of Americans don't eat pigs. And if you can afford it and want it, and you can search for and pay the premium for pigs raised largely free of the worst cruelty, although this pork is harder to find, there's simply no moral justification for duress in the terminology of moral theology for continuing to buy and consume cruelty pig meat. Doing so is ignorance, laziness or gluttony, or perhaps all three. Final Considerations In this essay, I have argued that wanton animal cruelty is an inherent element of modern American factory farming, and that if we wish to be morally serious human beings, we should refuse to cooperate with this hideous wrongdoing. Non-cooperation requires that we refuse to buy or eat cruelty meat. Within the limited argument I have made in this essay, that means not buying any kind of pig meat unless you have very good reason to believe that that meat did not come from factory farmed animals. Similar arguments can be made regarding other factory farmed animals. Factory farming is problematic for reasons beyond those upon which I have focused in this essay. Factory farming contributes more to global warming than all our motor vehicles combined in a world with so much starvation, the diversion of huge amounts of grain to factory farmed animals is extremely wasteful. Eating hormone and antibiotic stuffed cows, pigs and chickens harms our endocrine system and makes us far more susceptible to drug-resistant superbugs, which kill more people than we'd like to acknowledge. Our meat-heavy diets, made possible because of cheap industrialised meat, are generally bad for our health. While all significant evils, they are not the point here. Beyond that, there are also arguments one can make as to why one might not want to eat pigs or other kinds of animals, whether factory farmed or not. Some of these arguments, whether they be about the health or ecological benefits of not eating animals, or about the consideration we should show to other animals as God's creatures, are serious and worthy of consideration. However, the moral argument against eating factory farm pigs seems overwhelmingly obvious. If one is not willing to consider and act on that, then these other arguments would seem to have little chance of a fair hearing, though the health argument, with appeal to blatant self-interest, is certainly successful at times. Furthermore, Christians have a responsibility not to eat factory-farmed animals because of the potential scandal. By scandal, the Christian tradition means that when those of us who are exemplars for other Christians whether as parents, teachers, priests, ministers or lay leaders, do things that we know are wrong, we may lead others to think that such wrongs are actually morally acceptable. This is the point of Matthew 18.6. If any of you put a stumbling block before one of these little ones who believe in me, it would be better for you if a great millstone were fastened around your neck and you were drowned in the depth of the sea. Once we understand the evil of cruelty meat, we have a particular obligation to witness to those who do not yet understand this form of cruelty. 
There has not been enough leadership on this issue by Catholic theologians. One, however, has spoken out on one aspect of the issue, and his words are worth quoting. Certainly, a sort of industrial use of creatures, so that geese are fed in such a way as to produce as large a liver as possible, or hens live so packed together that they become just caricatures of birds. This degrading of living creatures to a commodity seems to me, in fact, to contradict the relationship of mutuality that comes across in the Bible. That was a Catholic Concerns for Animals podcast, number eight in the From the Ark series. Written by John Berkman and read by Dr. Gerald Taylor.